From Nosferatu to Edward Cullen, vampires have stolen the hearts and blood of people for centuries. But with its prominent place in history and pop culture, is there any truth behind the legends? Hello and welcome to the Hoke Poke Pod, the show where we explore the strange and unusual. Really? We're just two idiots poking stuff we don't understand. So join us as we dare to ask the questions that nobody wants answered, such as, did plague and pestilence lead to a rise in vampire sightings? Can you find love on a vampire dating site? And is there a way to prevent yourself turning into a vampire with just a simple break? I'm Erica. And I'm Emily. Let's sink our teeth into it. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful pun. (laughs) So good. Fuck. Very good. I guess starting off this episode. It's vampires. I don't know anything about vampires apart from the very, like, low-level research that I've done finding out that there are real self-identifying vampires. That's new to me. And Non-paranormal. I, I knew a lot about vampires. Because, I mean, yeah. I feel like vampires, everyone knows about vampires. They've, yeah. like, been in movies and TV and We've all seen Twilight. Centuries. We've all seen Twilight. We were all teens in the 2000s. Like, impossible to avoid. Yeah. Um, but va- I was always very into vampires as any good teenager was in Mm -hmm. my early teen years. Not due to Twilight, I'm going to say that. (laughs) I did not read Twilight until after my vampire phase. (laughs) So I feel like I always had an interest in the history of vampires and where these legends came from, Mm -hmm. which is what we're going to talk about today because I I think we Mm. can start this one off pretty easy and say we don't believe in vampires, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like like classic like paranormal vampires paranormal vampires I cannot rule it out based on what I saw that there were like <laughs> these really weird graves that made no sense that they had buried separately and there were some really weird things that happened I was okay. like I might did you not come across answers. that Ooh, I mean I might have yes. some answers for you this is the thing that's always fascinated me about vampires and a lot of these sort of cult monsters zombies or or Frankenstein's, whatever it is, Frankenstein's monsters, um, whatever it is, <laughs> um, there's always sort of a historical precedence to mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, these myths don't arise out of nothing and often it's a cultural shift or a sort of a new leap in science or whatever it is that informs the the popular understanding of these creatures. So that's always, I think, what's more interesting to me is the science behind the monsters mm-hmm. as opposed to just sort of the stories and legends that they come mm-hmm. they come from. Yeah. Well, I guess from a real aspect but non-paranormal, okay. I think you looked at Europe. I've I did. looked at the US slash mm-hmm. North America. There is something called the Atlanta Vampire Alli- um, Alliance. Okay. Is this a modern thing? It is modern, yep. Mm-hmm. So this is today. I can't remember when this article was written, but this alliance claims that there are 5,000 people who consume human and animal blood because they feel that they need it to survive and they live among us. That's in the US. And they say that most American cities are home to about 50 people who identify as vampires. Okay, and these people are drinking human blood. Yes. Human blood or animal blood? Uh, I hope it's animal blood. I don't know where they'd be getting human blood from unless it's each other. It's it's a combination of both. Ugh. So... I'll be brief with this because it's really gross to me. I think it's <laughs> But they live in like these vampire houses because it's all um, voluntary. 
So are you, are you people going so far? <laughs> <laughs> they have to like they get donors in, or they all kind of just drink each other's. Oh blood. God. Obviously, they don't drain each other dry. Yeah, and I assume they're all sort of getting like tested regularly, and it's all. Well, I do. I hope. Like, how do you go to your doctor and say, "Oh, yeah, I was just drinking my neighbor's blood"? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could, I don't think it's illegal to drink someone's blood. Like, if if I, if they give it, is it illegal? You know what I mean? Can you get mm-hmm. into hot water for that? Like, I know it's illegal to eat other people, mm-hmm. um, even if they approve of it mm-hmm. so i don't know about blood drinking though i that might be a legal gray area this is making me like i can feel see you're actually struggling with even this topic. ill thinking about this so there's two types that i came across modern day vampires yeah so one is sanguinarians mm-hmm. they're peaceful people very normal. <laughs> I'm glad that's the first line. They appear like, normal. I know peaceful. They drink small amounts of blood from volunteers, yeah. so people. Yeah. The other type is psychic vampires, and they draw the psychic energy of others through touch. I okay. don't know what that means. Those are the main two types. Sometimes they dabble in both. I've actually heard of psychic vampires. I don't know if I've heard of people saying, oh, I'm a psychic vampire, mm. but I feel like it's kind of trendier or it was a few years ago to be like, you know, empaths and the idea that some people are mm-hmm. can like change the mood of others around them just through like psychic energy. I feel like yeah. that was really popular for a while. Mm. So I've definitely heard of that kind of vampire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, terminology yep. being thrown around. Mm. I don't know how much that's got to do with like vampirism though in the well, traditional sense. That's true. And this is an entire subculture and it's largely stemmed from the goth subculture. That makes sense. <laughs> it, I, yeah, it definitely yeah. does. But it goes into things like there are vampire hunters which are self-proclaimed Christian vampire slayers. <laughs> I don't think they kill the vampires. Are I don't really know the what they do. Because that's definitely I, illegal. I don't think, yeah, that would be funny. Not funny, sorry. <laughs> but um, it would be ironic, let's say. I think they probably just turn up and try and preach, preach the them. Bible to yes. them or something. And another part of this subculture that I came across when I was going down the deep, deep, dark depths of the internet Ooh. was the dating sites for <gasps> vampires. I love this. I'm already in. This is so romantic. It, <laughs> and, of course, the background colour is, like, red. <laughs> oh, God, it's going to be really difficult to read, isn't it? It's, like, black with red yeah. text and it's, yeah. Ugh. So there's three that I came across. One of them is called Vampire Passions. Oh, okay. Another one, Vampersonals. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's funny. Or the other one's Date Vampires, so yeah, a bit less punny. but punny, yeah. So... I guess the question is, do you think you could find love if you're a vampire going on a vampire dating site? Okay, this is the thing. If I was a vampire, I don't think I would need a dating site. If I was a real vampire, I don't mean one of these people who just, like, drinks blood. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's just get this out of the way. I don't think that they've got anything supernatural going mm, on. Yeah. That's obviously just, like, a weird yep. thing, whether it's a fetish, whether it's just, like, yep. a... a psychosis whether they they just i think their lifestyle's cool yeah they're not real supernatural vampires yeah right if i was a real supernatural vampire i feel like my natural vampiric allure would do the job <laughs> right like I, you don't need a dating site if you're a real cool vampire 
all right, debunked. Yeah, those guys are like famously sexy. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. So if you're a fake vampire, then go to a Go to a vampire dating, dating site. site. At least you know you'll be matched with someone with common interests, which mm-hmm. I think is always a good thing. I'm not here to shame the vampire. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's a little. That's like I like. I don't like to step on people's interests if it doesn't harm anyone. Yeah, I feel like this is tiptoeing that line of harming someone Mm -hmm. because I don't know if drinking blood is actually healthy for you. That doesn't seem like a healthy practice. I didn't look up anything to do with the health benefits because I didn't want to know. Honestly, I just feel like yeah, people aren't supposed to regularly drink blood. No, so I'm not gonna throw my support behind the vampire community just yet. Mm-mm. But it's 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 icky. It, <laughs> Icky's a good word for it. Yeah, well, I guess the modern vampires have all but disappeared. I think people don't. I don't know anyone who actually believes in the classic vampires anymore, mm. which is interesting because all ghosts and other sorts of supernatural elements, for sure. Yeah, I feel like vampires have pretty much fallen by the wayside in terms of real belief. Mm-hmm. More popular than ever, of course. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because vampires have been around as mm. part of folklore for thousands of years. Mm. We have Mesopotamian legends of yeah. vampiric-like creatures. Some even yeah. say our favourite demon, Lilith. Yes. Some people say Lilith is a vampire and, and so she drinks the blood mm. of children and women and that's sort of one of yes. the origins of a vampire legend. Yeah. But if you are looking at the history of vampires, you kind of have to stick to Eastern Europe. Yeah. The Slavic countries is, is where it's at and where all these kind of pop culture vampires that we know come from. Yeah. That's where the classic Dracula is based on, mm-hmm. Nosferatu, all these really uh, popular vampiric images and icons are, are from Eastern Europe. Uh, and it didn't actually start with Dracula's. Mm-hmm. Um, by Dracula by Bram, Bram Stoker, although that certainly was the most popular yeah. sort of copy of it. Um, but the word vampire was actually first appeared in 1725. So okay. nearly like 150 years before Dracula. Yeah. And it was when Austria invaded Serbia. Mm-hmm. And in a report, they wrote of the local practice of exhuming and killing bodies. And they called these vampires. Right. Exhuming and killing vampires. Which right. is where a lot of this original vampiric legends came from. It has been in, in Eastern Europe mm. since we know at least as early as the 1700s, mm-hmm. much earlier probably. People were worried that their loved ones were coming back from the dead mm. as vampires. And there were a few different ways that that could happen. For some people, vampires were considered uh, revenants of, of evil creatures or witches. Yeah, okay. Who would come up as corpses or take over the corpses of your loved mm. ones. In Russia and a lot of other countries, vampires were people who had uh, rebelled against the church. Yeah. For any means. That's where the religious exactly. insinuation So much of this in. is yeah. religious because even if it wasn't necessarily rebelling against the church is what turned you into a vampire, witches, demons, they're all based around this sort of religious iconography. Alternatively, it could be a malevolent spirit possessing a corpse, like a demon. See, I can't really grasp. I uh, know. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I love it. I love it. We're done. <laughs> Cross that off the list. Perfect. Um, there are different ways you could no. turn into a vampire, theoretically. Otherwise, like. No. Anyway. No. Okay. The, no, no. That's, I love that. I love that we can cross that one How off. How many dead people are there? They'd all just be possessed walking around, like. Okay. Yeah, fantastic. Breaking out of their coffins left and right. Well, if it's not a demon, then it could just be the ghost of a person coming back as a vampire in their corpse, like a spirit coming back. Um, And whether it's the spirit or just the reanimated corpse depends on which legend you look at. 
A reason mm. your corpse might be reanimated, you might come back as a vampire, could be, for instance, in China, in the Chinese vampires, there was this legend that any corpse that was jumped over by an animal would become a vampire. Wow. So if the, the household cat like, leapt over your corpse. No, um, you got a bad rap. You're going to be a vampire. Yeah. Wow. Um, in that, mm. Romania, Transylvania, which mm-hmm. you can't get past Transylvania if you're talking about vampires, um, one of the classic vampires was called the Strigoi. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm pronouncing that right. Mm-hmm. But the Strigoi was a human spirit returning to a corpse that would actually go through phases. Yeah. So the first stage of its return would be poltergeist-like activities. It would move furniture, it would make items go missing, it would haunt yeah. a family. And then once it had moved from that phase, it would go into the corpse and it would come back as a vampire where it would try to drain the blood of its living family. It would beg to be welcomed back into the house. It would be begged to be sort of uh, another member of the family, to be given coin, to be given food, and basically a little menace. God. And some people actually nightmare. say that these, these strigoi, these vampires mm. would go off and start a new life and, like, join a village, <laughs> even though they were a, a dead person, I guess. Like the undead. Yeah, and, and you like, could find little undead villages. People wonder why they're rotting and they're like, oh, I'm just having a bad Well, they day. were rotting. They were all sort of Ew, fresh and, I guess, God. frozen as they were for a long time. But the kind of common denominator against all uh, with all of these vampire mm. legends is that they all had to return to their grave in order to rest, yeah. to their home soil which is sort of the prevalent myth amongst vampires. Yeah. Uh, and so when we start talking about why these kind of myths have arisen, mm. I guess like internationally, there's almost mm-hmm. no culture that doesn't have some form of vampire. Yeah. Is it super interesting is there, there could be a few different reasons. Two of them are medical. So there's one mm-hmm. disease called porphyria. Yeah. Which is a very rare disorder, but it's something to do with the blood pigment. And basically it would cause somebody be- to become more sensitive to sunlight. Oh, which could account for yeah. the don't go in sunlight if you're yeah. a vampire. They could suffer from delirium, which could account mm-hmm. for them sort of acting strange, doing strange things, yeah. leaving in the middle of the night. And they theoretically, since it was a blood disorder, mm. they they think maybe this could have been treated by making people drink blood. Huh. Now, this isn't super sustainable. Like, we know, we know people, like, bled. If, yeah. you, if they thought you had too much blood in your body, they would bleed it. There's not too what? many reports of yeah. There was this basic medical principle for ages. It was like the prevailing medical theory in Europe that your body is made up of these four humors, right? Which right. are these four different uh, goos <laughs> inside of you. So there's blood, bile, phlegm. Yeah, you know, there's two different types of bile: black bile and yellow bile. Mm-hmm. Blood and phlegm. And if any of these humors were out of balance, it could account for mood swings, for medical problems for anything essentially oh okay yeah so for instance blood was one of the four humors um i think that might have been like and if you were too hot-headed or angry or something Mm. you have too much blood in you yeah so we fix that by taking some blood out so just cut you and let you bleed into this pail for a while or stick leeches on you or oh my god I can't. and it was a very common practice so they think potentially if some people had this like porphyria disease they could have been it's asked like the to drink opposite. blood. Yeah. yeah, it's the opposite you're trying to get. Instead of instead of <laughs> infusion, you just drink it. That would not get absorbed 
into your no, no, even no, like it definitely it? wasn't effective. It definitely wasn't <laughs> I'm questioning these medical. It would not have helped the disease, but it could account for some people explaining these vampire mm. symptoms. Another one is cataplexy, which we actually talked about with our sleep paralysis episode as uh, well. Which yeah, in the body spasms. Yeah, and that could potentially account for people thinking someone's dead. Yeah, because they just can't move, even though their mm-hmm. eyes are open. And they could God. potentially think they were dead and then they rise up a few hours later. And I mean, I don't know. That seems far fetched to me. I just feel but like. But I guess back in what, 1700s, earlier, earlier than that? Yeah. That, you know, could be a very real, a very superstitious time. True, exactly. And that would probably freak you out. Yeah. But my favorite, and I think probably the most likely mm-hmm. reasoning for these vampire yeah. uh, symptoms is corpse behaviors. Which right. is a fun little way to say uh, what happens to your body after you die. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that people would notice and people claimed was a reason mm-hmm. vampires were in the town or local was that the people they had buried, and, you know, they would often have bodies displayed for a long time or mm-hmm. in cases of great plague, they would have mass graves. People yeah. wouldn't be buried for potentially, like, days and days. Yeah. And they would see these corpses bloated, as if they had just fed, they would see that their fingernails and their hair keeps growing Mm. after they've died. Mm. Their teeth would protrude as if they were kind of growing fangs. Sometimes blood would be seen like dripping from their mouth. Mm. All these symptoms that said that looks like that person has Mm. gotten better is still alive and moving and growing and has fed. Interesting, yeah. And, of course, what happens after you die is your skin starts to, like, shrivel. Yeah. Which makes your fingernails and your teeth and your hair look longer in comparison. Yeah. And the other thing is all those gases in your body bloat you. Yeah. So make you look like you've been recently fed. (laughs) And, of course, you you start to decay and you bloat and there's internal problems and so you might have blood. Yeah. Even after you're long dead, like all inner ooze and goo coming out of you. And so all these things could account for people thinking that their loved ones were coming back from the dead. Of course, back in the days when we had almost zero understanding of anatomy. Mm. Yeah. Like we had no idea what was going under there. And especially when we look at these hyper like religious times Mm. where it was actually illegal to to do autopsies. Yeah. You weren't allowed to try to figure out what was medically happening under there. So these things would have been terrifying if you had no idea. And I think that's kind of – Potentially a strong explanation for this kind of international vampire myth that has persevered. Interesting. I'm just wondering why, other than the existential crisis I'm having over here, (laughs) why was it just mainly like Eastern Europe? Like why is Eastern Europe so infamously known for those things? Like well, legends. Well, one of those things, and that's the thing, vampires are everywhere. Really, mm-hmm. you just have to put this at, I mean, one, we're looking at this from a Western perspective. Yeah. So I'm sure if you were living in, you know, any continent that wasn't mm-hmm. Europe or, or North America or Australia, like you might not know these ones as well as your own local vampire legends. Yeah. But the other thing is Bram Stoker. Pretty much it hit, mm-hmm. once it kind of got out of Eastern Europe, it yeah. got into the widespread European media mm-hmm. and it was such a good story. Yeah. And people were really excited to have an answer to these sort of legends that they'd been mm-hmm. hearing. So it just spread. It just got popular, like pop culture really. Yeah. And then with Bram Stoker's Dracula, that just kind of exploded. Yeah. And it hasn't really stopped exploding since. Yeah. I guess it's like why do a lot of places have different legends attached to them? And it's like, well, why is that? Yeah, I guess so, why some get popular and some don't. Yeah. 
I th- I feel like the, one of the reasons that vampirism is so universal is because mm-hmm. it's like we all deal with corpses. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're from, what you believe. People mm-hmm. die, and you have to deal with the decaying process and this idea that mm. maybe the death's not the end. And mm. I just feel like it's such the same reason every culture I think has ghosts. Yeah, I mean that's why. Other than, I, they're, other than the real. they're real, <laughs> <laughs> is that such a universal experience? Death and and so yeah, it's. it's I think it's natural to try to find answers for that. Yeah. What are the weirdest things that you can tell me about vampires in these folklore? Well, when you think about classic vampires, we all Mm. know their classic weaknesses. Yeah. Right? Silver, Mm -hmm. for one. Um, Wait, I didn't know that. I thought it was garlic. Or is it both? Garlic, both. They have so many weaknesses. Well, this is the thing. They can't see their own reflection in mirrors. And now this actually, I tried to look into the history, the origins of all of these things. Well, no, dead things have reflections. Not if they're a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) They might, actually. I don't know. Maybe they do. Oh, my God. Imagine if you saw yourself in the mirror as a ghost. Wait, would you look like a ghost or would you look like yourself? What would you look like? Probably a ghost. I don't know. What does a ghost look like? I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Um, well, well silver. silver is very commonly a thing that they say that. Well, same with werewolves. Werewolves, vampires, they don't like silver. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a fairly modern vampiric myth, as in kind of like 1700s onwards. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's because silver is considered a holy metal and pure metal. Oh. And because these creatures are unholy. Once again, a lot of this comes back to religion. Mm-hmm. Because vampires are impure and unholy, yeah. the silver t- attacks them, I guess. Hmm. I actually read one of the interesting reasons as to why silver is considered a holy material is because it actually has like this property to it Mm. where it it just doesn't collect bacteria in the way that other metals or properties will. So if you kept something in a silver enclosure, which a lot of times only the wealthy people would, it like wouldn't rot as quick. It wouldn't Mm. like, I don't know, get bad as quick. Yeah. Another one, the same thing with the mirrors. Mm-hmm. So one theory as to why they can't see themselves in the reflection is because they don't have souls. So, yeah, I get, hey, kind of like a ghost. Although I guess a ghost is just a soul. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know anymore. A common kind of yes. misconception is or an idea is that maybe the mirrors for a period of time in like the 1800s onwards mm. were actually backed with silver. Yeah. So they couldn't see the reflection because the silver oh, yeah. didn't work. Of course. Um, but this is also the first time this was ever recorded was in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. So he kind of just made up the mirror thing yeah. and it's dark. Yeah. I mean, uh, another really interesting one, and not many people know this about vampires, is that mm-hmm. they are famously have this thing called arithmomania. And I really couldn't figure out why they think vampires have this. But this predates Bram Stoker. Like, this is an old legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but essentially, if you throw a bag of seeds onto a ground next to a vampire, he has to stop and count them before you can continue. That's a great way to Which stop a vampire from killing you is yeah, just throw you just some seeds on a bunch of seeds or beads or whatever and they have to stop and count it. And I read this really good way online to stop a vampire is if you, like, give them a basket full of, like, seeds or beads or whatever, they arise often, they have to stop and count it, and if you hide in it, like, a needle... At yep. one point, they'll jab themselves, which will cause them to lose count and start again. <laughs> and then you've got so long to run away from the vampire. It's perfect. Yeah. They'll be there like two years later. Exactly. You'll just walk past being like, oh, you're still here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, arithmomania, arithmomania is a lesser-known vampiric weakness. 
Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And another one is obviously they can't cross running water, which once again, running water, purity, it's meant to be fresh, it's meant to be clean, it doesn't have bacteria. But this is interesting. So the running water and the garlic one, you know, vampires don't like garlic. But what do you mean by crossing running water? What does that mean? So if there's like a little stream of running water, you can't cross over it. They have to go around it. Wow, what if it just goes on forever? Well, exactly. (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. Vampires are actually, if you kind of get all these weaknesses together, they're not that great. No. No, really. How do they, how have they survived, really? Also, garlic? Who cooks without garlic? Well, this, I mean, vampires don't eat. That's one thing. Oh, right, because they drink blood. They drink the blood, yeah. Yeah, okay. But one thing about vampires and the garlic is that once again, garlic was considered a pure food, mm-hmm. so vampires caught all the things about purity. Mm-hmm. But one of the interesting things about garlic is that it his, it kind of does have these antibacterial properties. Mm-hmm. So there might be a real historical reason that people associated garlic with cleansing impurities because it might actually, in the days when they didn't even know how to wash their hands, mm-hmm. it might have actually had a minor effect on, like, bacteria and dirt. Not that they knew what it was at the time. And so, therefore, that is – no, it's not going to stop a vampire from mm-hmm. killing you. But if you think a vampire is sneaking into your house and making you sick at night, so you adorn yourself with with garlic and you put running water outside of your house, huh. that stuff might just clean up the problem that's making you sick. So, we're saying that vampires are basically just one big piece of bacteria. <laughs> yeah, essentially. And all these, like, <laughs> historical reasons. Like, if you get silver, that's, like, all this stuff – Mm. Even though they kind of are using it in the wrong way for the wrong problem, it could have actually maybe had a positive effect. And like, yeah. so it's super interesting to me that vampires, which are the classic legend, yeah. had maybe a purpose historically beyond just wow. a fun ghost story. Wow, what to get people to be more clean? More? Well, they didn't even cleanly. know they were doing it. And stop they were looking just kind in mirrors. Stumbling. <laughs> They were just stumbling (laughs) kind of maybe upon the right answer and they Mm -hmm. didn't know why it worked. Yeah. So they went, well, we don't know about bacteria and dirt, Mm -hmm. but we do know about demons and vampires, so we're going to say that this is the Mm -hmm. reason. And so I I feel like history is so full of these people Mm. getting the right answer by doing the wrong method type of thing. And it's Mm -hmm. super interesting to actually break it down and and go, hey, maybe people weren't stupid and ignorant. We did. They just didn't have the answers, yeah. but they were still kind of doing sensible mm. things. Yeah. I, I just think it's super interesting. That is. And maybe they've gotten a bad rap. What if they just wanted to be friends? The vampires? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of time in the legends, they don't necessarily kill you. They just want to drink your blood. Yeah, maybe they've just got some social issues. They've got some social boundary problems. Well, they definitely do. They're very nervous. They ought to be invited inside. <laughs> They have to be invited. They have to be invited inside. Traditionally, a vampire cannot come into your residence unless you invite them in. Oh, okay. So you don't need to be worried you about okay. a vampire. Like. But then a lot of vampires did like hypnotize people. Oh, to let yeah. Them in. So it's kind of, they kind of found loopholes. But yes, okay. traditionally, if you're inside your house, vampire cannot come into the house. Yeah. Without an invitation. So they can hypnotize you. Yeah. Once again, there's so many different legends. Mm. Depends on which version you're, you're looking at. Yeah. But yes, they can hypnotize you. Wow. These are amazing creatures. They, they potentially really don't exist, probably not. Definitely don't exist. I'm sorry, I'm 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 usually happy to like entertain the idea. I no, vampires aren't real. It's fun to think maybe they existed a long time ago 
and like have and either gone underground like, <laughs> or they died out. Yeah, like, maybe yeah, they've gone extinct. Old, yeah, extinct species. It's kind of sad that one. Oh, one thing we didn't mention, which I think is interesting and deserves a mention, mm-hmm. is one of the ways that people historically have mm-hmm. tried to stop vampires. Yeah, because if you think your loved yes. one's coming back from the dead every night and and eating people. You got to try to put a stop to it. Yeah. So obviously you can chop the head off, stake it, yes. burn it. Yeah. Just destroy the corpse. Will destroy it. Yeah. But people wanted more preventative measures. Mm-hmm. So it was my loved one has died. How am I going to make sure they don't come back as a vampire later? Mm. So one of the methods, which I thought was really just kind of charming, was to just bury them face down. Oh. So that when they wake up, they're just going to dig right, and instead of digging up out of the grave, they're just going to dig down <laughs> into the dirt. And just keep digging down. And so they can't just they don't get up and can't go and eat someone. Oh, the existential dread. Oh, does that upset you? I found that charming. I did not find it charming. They're like, <laughs> they're, they just want to go and drink some blood and now they're like digging their way down to the centre of the earth. I just love the idea of this all-powerful creature like of the night and of hell just being like... Also, having just been spun around slightly and is now just going the wrong direction and so you're safe. I just find that so whimsical. (laughs) Also, wouldn't they be in a coffin? These were the days before they could afford coffins, everyone. Right. But now it's because that's part of it is that they sleep in coffins. Yes, which was, once again, a very modern take of it. Because vampires were – it's only really from sort of the 1800s that vampires were sort of these charismatic people of society. Before that, they were these monstrous creatures of the night. Oh, yeah. It's a fairly recent adaption that they're sort of sexy, as it were. Yeah, it's so weird that that – Kind of it that is change weird. happened. I was going to do a whole episode on like sexifying monsters because that's a thing. Like I've never seen anything where Frankenstein's supposed to be sexy. You are not watching the right things there. <laughs> <laughs> but like we don't know what I mean. Zombies are sexy. You know what I mean? I've never seen. Warm Bodies. There was that team oh, movie about no, sexy that's zombies. Right. Yeah. I used to love that film. Everything's sexy mm-hmm. now. Nothing's sort of evil anymore. Nasty anymore. Everything's sexy. Another way that they used to stop people from coming back as vampires mm-hmm. was they would just put a brick in your mouth when you died. Oh, so the idea right. is that when you woke up as a vampire, you just couldn't bite down. Why you couldn't <laughs> just, like, take the brick out of your mouth, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. That if, was... if they have the power to go walk and hypnotise and get themselves into someone's yeah, I house. Yeah, like you could just take it out. Another bougier answer was that you'd place a silver coin on yeah. in the mouth. okay. Which also had kind of had the cross ties mm. with the having to pay the ferryman with the coin so kind of dual purpose you don't oh. turn into a vampire because you've got silver in your mouth yeah and you also have a coin to pay the ferryman the ferryman i know that from annabelle conjuring one of them mm. briefly is talked about but they that's that's yeah just some of the really fun ways and there were other methods like stakes put stakes around yeah. them and lots of different sort of creative yeah. ways. the stake through the heart what's the significance of that like a wooden stake so wood once again everything it's the same answer everything wood mm-hmm. some types of wood were thought to be pure because mm-hmm. they were totally from nature mm. um, and there were certain types of wood that was better so the idea was just mm-hmm. wooden stakes through the heart the heart is kind of the center of, of it all and that yeah that stops you and that yeah that was that's kind of a brief history of vampires i guess i've learned so much (laughs) yeah it's so i think it's so interesting i love it i think there's i feel like it gets dismissed a lot Mm. especially it's twilight people like oh vampires yeah whatever it's true yeah but i feel like there's really rich interesting culture and history not just of legend but of like human perceptions of death and of Mm. of medicine like medical applications yeah i think it's really interesting 
Mm, what is your verdict on this modern take compared to the legends? Stupid. I feel mm. like it's goth kids that have gone overboard. Mm-hmm. I don't mind doing what you do in your own house. I just there's something about drinking blood that just feels dangerous. Mm. And I feel like if you're if you're potentially convincing like youth to join you mm. in something that could be dangerous, I'm just not 100 yeah. percent on board with that. It just yeah. feels icky. Yeah, and not just because the blood drinking. Mm. It just feels icky. Yeah. Yeah, what is. about you? What's your verdict on vampires? The human race, huh? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, my verdict is that uh, they're more terrifying than I knew, like in terms of the legends. Okay. The modern take on vampirism I'm not completely surprised by because – It tracks. I feel like especially doing yeah. this podcast, I feel like we're learning all the nitty-gritty Oh, my God. Yeah, I've ended up down some – I've just had to sit down and have a glass of wine and be like, woof. <laughs> it's nasty to not, out there. Yeah, it it really is, and we're, I, I hope we're doing the world a service by kind of putting everything into a forty-five <laughs> minute. We're doing it, you don't have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that could be our next tagline. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's very interesting, and I love the amount of folklore that's tied to it, and I love that these countries have kind of found it as part of their identity, and they've embraced that. Mm. Hope I mean I hope they have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, like I visited Romania pretty recently, yeah. and and it's all sort of Dracula. Yeah, it's a huge part of the tourist grab of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense too. It's a good <laughs> way to capitalize on that. <laughs> um, I I do think maybe once upon a time they existed and they've died out. Such okay. gone extinct from being buried face down, so they're probably still digging they're all somewhere. Just digging, they're all at the center of the earth, at the core. There's a bunch of melted vampires down there. <laughs> You can go find out. <laughs> I'll opt out of this one. <laughs> God. Alrighty. Well, this has been the Hope Poke Pod. I'm Erica. And I'm Emily. We'll see you next time. you've reached the end of the episode thank you so much for listening and if you like what you've heard it would be fantastic if you could rate us or leave a review or better yet show us to some of your friends get the word out there about this spooky little podcast if you want to know more about us or this episode you can visit our website thehokepokepod.com.au we post updates links episodes and any references we've mentioned you'll be able to find them right there we'd like to say a huge thank you to Giamo Timble for the amazing graphics and art that he's made for the podcast as well as our undying appreciation to Robert P. Kelly our marvellous and ever patient editor we love you, Rob. And finally, if you'd like to contact us, you can send us an email at hokepokepod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Feedback, episode suggestions, whatever takes your fancy, we will be there. Thank you so much for the support and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.